Hello and welcome to Formosa News. I'm Mike Lee. Good evening. I'm Celia Chan. Taiwan has reported the 21st case of the COVID cluster at Taoyuan General Hospital. This latest patient is a woman in her 50s who's a relative of a nurse at the hospital. She's the seventh person in her family to be diagnosed with COVID-19. The home isolation period for four of them has been extended to February 22nd. This latest patient had entered home isolation on January 19th. She tested negative for COVID five times during her isolation period. She was tested a sixth time on February 8th when she applied for permission to attend the funeral of her mother, who died from COVID last month. The sixth test came back a positive. Officials said that uh, with this new case, the source of infection is clear and all the patient's contacts are already in isolation. Officials said the, new, the case does not affect their plans for reopening Taoyuan General Hospital. Well, Taiwan was rattled by two earthquakes around one in the morning on Tuesday, each of a magnitude above five. So far this year, Taiwan has already experienced eight moderate to strong earthquakes, most of them striking in the Heping Sea Basin. According to the Central Weather Bureau, they could be aftershocks of a larger earthquake to come. In the wee hours of Tuesday, Taiwan was struck by two earthquakes of magnitude 5.5 and 5.7. Whereas Sunday's single earthquake had triggered multiple smartphone alerts, this time around, there were no alerts at all. Locals weren't sure what to make of it. The CWB explained that two conditions must be met to activate an alert, a magnitude of five or more and a seismic intensity of at least four anywhere in Taiwan. According to a computer analysis, Tuesday's twin tumblers weren't sufficiently intense. We predicted a seismic intensity of just three, which did not reach the threshold. Since the earthquake's intensity level fell below four, no alert was sent. When there's a time crunch, it's possible for there to be miscalculations. The 2016 Southern Taiwan earthquake that killed 115 and the 2018 Hualien earthquake which toppled the Marshall Hotel both happened in February, just before the Lunar New Year. The CWB says it's possible that the shaking on Tuesday is the foreshocks of a larger seismic event. Most of this year's eight earthquakes with a magnitude above five occurred in a subduction zone. The vicinity of the Heping Sea Basin has historically recorded massive earthquakes with magnitudes above 8.5, almost all of which had foreshocks. There was more than one foreshock. We're only 40 days into 2021, but Taiwan has already experienced eight earthquakes with a magnitude of five or higher. Most struck in the Heping Sea Basin. Experts say that in the seven days before the 2011 Tohoku earthquake, Japan was hit by several foreshocks, including one of magnitude 7.7. With a similar trend unfolding today, the CWB says it will keep a close watch on future developments. At the end of January, badminton world number one Dai Ziying pulled off a stunning victory at the HSBC World Tour Finals in Thailand. After losing twice to Spanish challenger Carolina Marin, she finally turned back the tide. The Badminton World Federation spoke to Dai about the ups and downs of her Thailand tour. For once, Dai let out a shout of frustration. It's her third time meeting Marine in a final in so many weeks. But on this occasion, Dai finally turned it around. I was so happy to win in the end, and exhausted. The BWF looked back over Dai's road to the World Finals champion. In the interview, Dai revealed her exhaustion after losing the first two rounds. It was hard to concentrate, she says, and anxiety led to lots of unforced errors. 
I think the outcome of the match depends on my unforced errors. If I make a lot of errors on the day, it will be tough to win. Despite losing to Thailand's Pornpawee Cho Chuan in the group stage, Dai pulled it together to win her next matches against Rachanak Intanon and Korea's rising star An Se-yong. And then she was back up against Marine for the third time. I felt she was extremely fast and her shots were heavy, which made it very tough for me. She put me under a lot of pressure, especially with the smashes. She could have opened up a big lead as soon as I lost my concentration and I wouldn't be able to catch up. Every second matters, Dai told herself, and that's how she snatched victory from the jaws of defeat to return to Taiwan, always the champion. With the Lunar New Year upon us, the Taipei Zoo has done some spring cleaning at its outdoor panda pen. The enclosure has been tidied up to welcome the resident family of giant pandas, which recently added a cub named Yuan Bao. To keep her safe, zookeepers have wrapped all the tree trunks with PVC piping so that she can't climb too high and get into a nasty fall. Giant pandas don't like it too hot or too cold, so here in Taipei, they're usually kept indoors in a controlled climate. But Taipei springtime is perfect for outdoor play. With spring festival around the bend, zookeepers have been sending out Tuan Tuan, Ren Ren, Ren Zai, and Ren Bao to enjoy the sun. Uh, so after the, this safety consideration, the next step is uh, we realize that the temperature or the environment is quite well outside. So whether or not uh, Yuan Yuan and Yuan, Yuan Bao will have opportunity also uh, get themselves into the outdoor enclosure uh, is the uh, second consideration. But yesterday, Yuan, Yuan Bao and her mom, uh, they, they were outside uh, pretty much more than three hours. So during that period of time, we realized that Yuan Bao will, of course, explore herself uh, pretty much most of the area. But she, will, she also uh, found her uh, the best spot, at least temporarily, uh, similar to her uh, elder sister, uh, Yuan Zai. Uh, so she will hide herself in the uh, vegetation underground. The outdoor area has grass, shrubs, boulders, and a pond, and it's all been spruced up ahead of Lunar New Year. In order to protect Yuan Bao while she's outdoors, zookeepers have installed PVC tubes on the trees to keep her from climbing too high. Before we release Yuan Bao and, and her mom into the outdoor enclosure, I think keeper think twice and how to prevent Yuan Bao climb too high away from the ground. So we apply some um, uh, facility, uh, we cover the big tree with the PVC tube, so that can really help to prevent Yuan Bao climb to the upper area. Taipei Zoo's panda cub Yuan Bao made her first public appearance on December 29th. Her antics and adventures have made her the talk of the town. I think it's safer for Yuan Bao to be inside when she's young because she may be bothered by the children. Everyone gets very excited and that may scare the animals. I was searching for Yuan Bao. I wanted to see if she was outside because there were only three pandas inside. I thought maybe she was hiding outside. It's better outdoors because it's more spacious. The zoo will be closed on February 11th on Lunar New Year's Eve and will open again the following day. As a COVID precaution, there's real name registration at the entrance and visitors are required to wear a mask at all times. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Zhang Weiyao in Taipei. African swine fever hasn't made many headlines in Taiwan these days, but the viral threat is still circulating overseas. 
Recently in China, scientists have reported a new natural mutation of the virus. On Wednesday, President Tsai Ing-wen and officials went to Taipei Port to inspect its customs facility, which is responsible for blocking pork products at the border. From the outbreak of African swine fever to the pandemic we're being tested with today, all of it has shown that Taiwan, which is surrounded by the sea, needs everyone to work together to stop epidemics at the border. That's especially true over Spring Festival, which is the peak season for international parcels. I ask all of my colleagues here to adopt the most assiduous attitude and the highest epidemic prevention standards. We must stop African swine fever at the border. Taiwan has been on guard against African swine fever since its outbreak in 2018. As of today, Taiwan and Japan are the only countries in Asia that have yet to see a domestic outbreak. As the mercury drops, many of us are turning to our trusty heaters and electric blankets. But electrical appliances can be fire hazards. After a recent accident in New Taipei, firefighters are urging the public to make sure they use electric appliances carefully. Most electrical fires are caused by easily preventable human error. You can never get too funky, that's a fact. A firefighter pulls out a paper tissue and places it on the electric heater. In just 12 seconds, it's caught fire. Test the heater's temperature and you find it's reached 161 degrees Celsius in just a minute after being turned on. Heaters are serious fire hazards. In early January, new Taipei firefighters were called to a fire they think started when an electric blanket short-circuited. A man in his 80s was taken to hospital with injuries. The fire department says popular electric heating elements often cause fires, usually because of the misuse of an extension cord. We should always try not to wrap our extension cords or power cables in on themselves. When using high-voltage electric products or appliances, don't crowd them all onto one socket and use them at the same time. Plugging lots of appliances onto one extension lead can overload the circuit, causing plugs to heat up and catch fire. Forgetting to turn off an electric hot plate can also lead it to catch fire. With user errors causing most such accidents, consumers are keen to find products that have extra safety features. Actually, nowadays, everything with a heating element, like electric fans or heaters, they all have a kind of fuse mechanism built in. So when it overloads, a tab pops out and breaks the circuit. If you knock it over, it will break the circuit. The important thing is to not cover the appliance. Even the safest of electricals can cause a fire if used incorrectly. Firefighters want to be sure your products have the correct certificates, but above all, use them carefully and get them checked out if anything seems awry. Did you know that volunteer fire departments across the country are always open to new recruits? But due to Taiwan's aging population, many are gradually seeing their dedicated teams dwindle. Let's head now to New Taipei to meet one recently qualified volunteer firefighter. Lan Weiming is actually a full-time chef, but he fits in his search and rescue callouts for the fire brigade around his work in the kitchen. Chef Lan chops cabbage perfectly. With a certification from France's prestigious Cordon Bleu Culinary School and 20 years in the kitchen, he's dishing up a treat. That is, unless he gets an emergency call. Somewhere, there's a fire or an earthquake and he's needed for a different job. Swapping his apron for the fire uniform, he heads out to help protect New Taipei. 
The Cordon Bleu School in France awards its certificates once every four years. They vote on chefs with the relevant skills from around the world. Apart from culinary skills, they test your overall demeanor and do a comprehensive appraisal. My reason for joining the volunteer fire department was very simple. I just wanted to learn how to save people correctly. Lan is a member of the search and rescue team, which, unlike normal volunteer fire departments, also gets called out to serve in mountaineering accidents and earthquake disaster zones. The strongest experience I've had was the very first year I joined, the 2016 Southern Taiwan earthquake. When I arrived and saw such a huge disaster, I was quite shocked. These days, the population is getting older and there are fewer young people. At the moment, the average age of our new Taipei Fire Department is 48. You can join the disaster rescue volunteer firefighters from the age of 20. It is really great for our work when passionate, upstanding young people want to join the department. Holding down a full-time job and a demanding voluntary role isn't for everyone, but for Lan, it's the perfect recipe for a fulfilling life. The Lunar New Year public holiday is about to begin. And what does the weather have in store for the next seven days? We've got the latest forecast from the CWB. Tomorrow is the day before New Year's Eve, and we'll see a front gradually approach. From that evening throughout the morning of Lunar New Year's Eve, the front will affect the weather, bringing a chance of brief showers or thunderstorms nationwide. But very quickly, the front will pass in the afternoon of Lunar New Year's Eve, and rainfall will abate across Taiwan. Then from day one to two of the new year, the front and low-pressure system will roughly be located over the waters east of Taiwan. Those of us on the west coast are in the low-pressure zone, where we'll mainly get northeasterly winds. From day 3 to 4, as the high-pressure zone moves from north to south, the northeast monsoon will be the big weathermaker. Forecasters expect skies to dry up starting Friday in central and southern Taiwan. But in the north and east, there will be a chance sporadic showers for the remainder of the holiday. Mild temperatures are expected nationwide, with daytime highs of up to 23 degrees. But nighttime temps could drop as low as 14 degrees, so keep a jacket handy if you're going outside.